Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. This uh, very special Valentine's Day episode, we watched Five Feet Apart and The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. Both movies about very sick teenagers falling in love. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And everybody, as the popularity of, you may not have heard of these movies or the books they're based on, uh, one by your boy, your boy, Lisa Hank Green. No, John Green. John Green. God damn it. I, I was just can't like, believe you got it wrong after all that. Yeah, because I was just looking at it too. Um, <laughs> sorry. Mixing up the Green Brothers. Yeah. One of them has a beard and one of them just has stubble. But most of the time, neither of them have a beard. Literally, they're... Okay. Anywho, um, my point that I was trying to make before I flubbed was everybody loves a tragic love story. That's oh, okay. why Romeo and Juliet is so popular, because it's a relationship between a 14 and 17-year-old that causes a bunch of deaths of people in, like, three days. Um, obviously in these movies, the time frame's a little bit longer. Um, one's a year, six months. I'm not sure. Is it, is it expressly stated at any point what the time frame is? I think one of them was like... One of them's definitely... The Fault in Our Stars is less than a year. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Because he mentions his age at one point and then never has a birthday. No, he had a birthday. In The Fault in Our Stars? Yes. What movie were you watching? He doesn't. He's even he in in the Faulkner Stars. He in the movie version, he says he's eighteen, at the um, at the the group the the group thing at the beginning the group session. Yeah. And he dies at the age of eighteen. In the book, he never reaches his eighteenth birthday. Oh okay. Well, he doesn't have. Oh a birthday. no, because it's um. Are you thinking about when he hosts his own funeral? Yeah, when he has his own eulogy. Yeah, that's not for his birthday. That's yeah. because he's dying. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of content warnings on this <laughs> one, I think. Yeah. Um, um, also, I think you mentioned, I think you said that Five Feet Apart is based on a book. That is not factual. Oh, there okay. is a book, but the it, it, they went the uh, Dances with Wolves route. They wrote the screenplay first and then wrote a book and got on the best like list as a book and then got someone to fund their screenplay to make it into a movie. Fair enough. Um, also, importantly, for both of these, um, the stories of both are inspired by real people. They're not the stories aren't real, and the characters aren't supposed to be those people. Uh, which I think in both cases they they want to be very clear about that that they're not telling the story of that person, but they are both inspired by real people and the the illnesses that they had, and both of those people are now dead, which is sad. Very. Yeah. So where do you want to start? similarities between these two movies, what the movies are basically about. Sure, I mean, yeah, we might as well, we normally start with a little bit of a summary of why these are the same movie. So these are both films about, um, the, the main character in both is a teenage girl yeah. who is very sick. In Five Feet Apart, she's got cystic fibrosis. In um, The Fault in Our Stars, she has uh, thyroid cancer that has spread to her lungs. Yeah. Um... And in both cases, they meet and they meet a a uh, 
very frustrating teenage boy who was also has the same illness, um, and then slowly fall in love with that with that boy. Yeah. And in both of them, they have one one of the two love interests has a best friend who also is sick. Yeah. So that's the plus of the movie, folks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where else to go from there. Um, these, yeah, this, this is definitely a genre that um, I'm not too fond of because it's like, oh, it's so cute because they love each other, but they're dying. It's It's kind of like how Elrond pitches like, Arwen and Aragorn? Yeah. It's just like, oh, they're so cute. Like, My daughter's is... in love, but yeah. with someone who's going to die in like 20 minutes. From his point of view. Yeah. From a certain point of view. Um, yeah, no, you get a lot of... I think the parents are quite supportive of both of them, so... Of, the, of, the, of the relationship. Of the relationship, yeah. 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 Um, uh character's name character's name which movie uh that is a good question um will will's mum yeah will's mum in five feet apart because the this is the, the this is a really sucky thing that i'm just going to cover right now mm-hmm. for those american listeners it must be so expensive to have a child with a chronic illness. Yep. Because your healthcare system, for those Americans who are listening, anybody who's got a privatized healthcare, like, that must suck. Can I sidestep in here? I wasn't sure whether to mention this in, in the episode or not, but I think I will because this is a good point to do it. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that both films or both stories are based on real people. Both of those real people have um, had foundations created in their name to um, assist with the assist families with children who are ill. Yeah. So I might just throw those names out in case there are people, just in case there are people listening who are affected by this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So five feet apart is based on the on or not based on but inspired by a uh, a young woman named Claire Wineland who suffered from cystic fibrosis and um, vlogged about it on YouTube um, and actually consulted on the film, but died before it was released. She died uh, of a stroke at age 21. Um, But she, at the age of 13, founded a foundation called Claire's Place Foundation, which provides support to children with cystic fibrosis and uh, financial support to their families. And um, the other, the Fault in Our Stars is inspired by Esther Earle, who also, who had thyroid cancer and was also vlogging about her, um, her experiences and was uh, an avid fan of Vlog Brothers, which is Hank and John Green's um, YouTube channel where they, where they send video, videos to each other, essentially, was how that started out. Um, and she... After she died, her parents created a foundation called This Star Won't Go Out. Uh, and that helps, uh, financially helps um, families with cancer-stricken children. So there are, you know, um, there are ways to try and get support when you're in that in that situation, which is a very tough situation to be in. Yeah. Um, I remember 
this is well, it's sort of related. Um, it was a guy who made a game based on his experience mm-hmm. with their child dying, and it was like that, that that terrible dragon or something along those lines. Okay. And it's just a bunch of sequences where you just interact with things, but you're not helping. Right. Because there's nothing you can do. And that was the, that person's um, trying to raise awareness after their child died from cancer. Right. But yeah, that cancer, any any chronic illness for children just really sucks. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's people out there um, who have or continue to suffer through this. And it's like, it's not something you can just like brush off easily. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not a great... Not a great experience. But, like, these movies coming out, being light-hearted enough to appeal to a general audience, but mm-hmm. also being real enough to show um, the truth of the suffering that these people go through. Mm. Do we get to the light-hearted bit with the fallen love <laughs> in their, their short Mayfly um, lives? Because they're all, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, but in in the movie versions, both and and sorry, and also the book, the Fault in Our Stars. But I'm saying like not, unfortunately, not in real life, but in the in the movies. Yeah, if we did both a... both, um, the protagonists of so Stella and Five Feet Apart and Hazel in, um, the Fault in Our Stars survive the end of the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say if we did this podcast based on books rather than movies, it'd take. Way longer to record episodes. <laughs> um, like, why no, haven't Hazel, you finished this book yet? Hazel does survive the Fault in Our Stars book. I haven't read, um, I haven't read Five Feet Apart, but I've read what the ending of it is, because uh, it's slightly different to the movie ending. Um, but in both, but in in, from what I've read, the the Five Feet Apart also ends with her still surviving the book yeah. version of it. So. You know, that's, that's so they don't have many fun lives. The the boys do. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um performances in these movies were pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was weird to me because one of them was made by CBS and the other one was made by Fox. Right. But the beginning of the Fox movie had some some hey bro. Jesus man in oh, the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah, yeah. of it where the CBS movie which is Christian broadcasting service wasn't like there was no church yeah but that's, it was it was interesting that's in the book and that's um I think that's largely down to the fact that John Green prior to becoming a young adult novelist was a hospital chaplain fair um and he drew on those experiences I think um quite a bit yeah, because as an audience member, I felt the cringe that mm. Hazel was experiencing when she went to the meeting for the first time. Yeah. Because she's just like, oh God, oh God, because that dude is just like... He's like, we are literally the in the heart of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And then like, sang a little song on his guitar, and she's just like, this is dumb. And her mum's real supportive. Um... And yeah, it's the second time she goes when she meets uh, Gus. Augustus, Augustus Waters. Yeah. The most pretentious person. Yeah. Um, there's there's like a whole I this is this is 
weird because I didn't think about this when I when I planned to do this episode, but like my I've like for a very long time was very deep in that community. So there's like so I know like a whole lot of weird background stuff to to the Faulkner stars and well, you know, in general. And I know that there was like there's there's like this whole wing of people, primarily on Tumblr, <laughs> who are like convinced that John Green like just writes self insert characters and that he that he's like super pretentious and that's why all that's why these boys are super pretentious. He's not. He's just saying like there are super pretentious teenage boys out there. You're supposed to believe the kid is pretentious. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's written as a pretentious teenager, which I I mean I have interacted with teenagers who are like Augustus Waters. You know what I mean? Yeah. They are out there. But there's, for some reason, this is widely held belief that that's just John Green can't write characters, he's just writing himself. <laughs> Which is why he now writes non-fiction, because he's sick of people making assumptions about his life based on the characters he writes. Jeez. Um, he just got so sick of it. Bizarre. But, um, yeah, Augustus Waters is, like, horrifically pretentious. Like, it's hard to watch him on a screen. <laughs> I think they did a good job of it. Can I throw out a scene that I found really weird? Yeah. So, when Hazel goes over to his house, Mm -hmm. and his buddy, who I can't remember the name of... Isaac? Isaac. Uh, Anyway. Before Isaac goes blind... Yeah. Um... I was just like, oh, because... The... The... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Terrible. The whole sequence where he's just losing his shit and just smashing stuff. Yeah. And they're just, like, having a normal conversation as this dude's going nuts in the background. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Is this supposed to be funny? Or is this, like... Because that would be... Like, you go over to some guy... Like, you're horribly sick. You go over to some guy's house and his mate's having a freak out mm-hmm. after, like, being like, I'm the greatest in the world because I've got a super hot girlfriend. My hot girlfriend broke up with me because she doesn't want to suffer through this illness I've got. Yeah. I'm going to break all your shit. Like, there's, there's what? A, there's a lot in, I think especially in the Faulkner stories, there's a lot of like emphasis on this idea of, of other people's reactions to the illness and like, you know, the the whole thing with Isaac and his girlfriend is she breaks up with him because she doesn't think she can handle yeah. him having to go through a surgery to have his eye removed. And he's like, I've got cancer and have to have my eye removed and go blind and sh- she can't handle it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the sequence is super weird. Because they're just having like a normal conversation and Hazel's just like really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Isaac's going nuts in the background. I don't understand like, why she falls for Gus in the first place, but you know, whatever. The, the, I'm just not into that pretentious <laughs> shit. The bit that bugged me. So he takes like one of Gus's basketball trophies yeah and he like smashes it on the mantelpiece mm-hmm. and i'm like oh okay cool and then he just starts smashing everything else no no no. it's the fact that there's damage to the mantelpiece left by the right. trophy yeah you see that happen yeah and it's like someone's gonna quite like oh you broke your trophy whatever like yeah yeah, yeah. you, you can also cause structural damage to yeah. part of the house yeah just to make your friend feel better. Like, that's why you have a boxing bag. Yeah, I think he's... I think he tries... I think it's it's um, it's um very interesting towards the end of the movie. 
Because I think for the majority of the movie, Gus is trying really hard to seem like he's cool and doesn't care about things. Yeah, the whole cigarette bit. Yeah, it's his metaphor. Yeah. I love that the air hostess just calls him out and how stupid it is. Yeah. Um, it's so it's ridiculous. It's not supposed to be a good metaphor. It's supposed to be in like a pretentious idiot teenager who thinks he's cooler and smarter than he really is. Yeah. Um. For for the folks at home who haven't seen these movies, I'll explain the metaphor to you. Is he, he's like talking to Hazel after they first meet at a cancer yeah. uh, group. Yeah. Session. Yeah. And he, while Isaac and his girlfriend are like. Doing some seriously heavy petting in the car park of, of the, the church. Yeah. Um, he takes out a pack of cigarettes and puts a cigarette in his mouth. And she's all like, oh, well, this date you, we were just discussing, it is over. And he's like, no, it's a metaphor. I put the thing that could give me cancer, but I don't ever light it. And because then... I have the thing that can give me cancer, yeah. but I don't give it the power to give me cancer. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole metaphor of like controlling things and and power, and it's you know his idea is he puts this thing that could kill him into his mouth, but he doesn't give it the power to kill him, so therefore he's in control because he wants to be in control. It's what he craves is to yeah. be in control all the time. So which so then later on when you see him when he's really sick and he's got an infection and he's driven himself to. The petrol, the petrol station, station in the and, middle of the night to buy a pack of cigarettes. And he's, like, having a total meltdown, be- and he doesn't want her to call 911. He doesn't want her to call- tell his parents, because he do- he do- he's like, I need to be able to do this myself. And it's like, no, you need help. Yeah. And you need to admit that you need help. I... Th- the... Spoiler alert. Is this a spoiler? Oh, we've spoiled so much already. No, um, <laughs> spoilers not. A behind-the-scenes fact for you listeners who are playing the It Takes Two home game. Um, we, in fact, watch the worst movie first. Yeah, so we always do. Yeah. But, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The lower-rated movie. Yes. Is that what you're going to say? That yeah, it was better? Yeah, yeah. I feel <laughs> that Five Feet Apart, which we have basically haven't touched at all, yeah. is the better movie. Mm-hmm. Well, um, The Fault in Our Stars is going to be higher rated because more people know about it. Because it was, you know, it was, a, the, I think, the number one New York Times bestseller for young adult fiction for 52 weeks straight. That's a long time. That's a full year. Yeah. Um, they did a book tour <laughs> to go around the world is, signing it. Is that where you got your I have, signed copy, Well, let me Well, te- let me tell you something. I have more than one signed copy of that book. Because John Green signed 150,000 pre-order copies of The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. So I have one of the pre-order copies, which was signed. And then I also went on a book tour. And part of the, and I didn't realize that when you bought tickets for the book tour, they gave you a, a book with your, uh, with your purchase of ticket. So myself and Connor went on the book tour. And we got a book each, and then we met John and Hank Green, and they signed both of our books. So at one point, there were three signed copies of The Fault in Our Stars in my parents' house. Um, and now one of them is here with us in New Zealand. What's the deal with the fish? That is a Hank Green thing, not a John Green thing. Yeah. 
Can you explain the fish thing He has a song about an angler fish. Yeah, continue. So now he, like, sometimes instead of his signature, he draws what he calls a hankler fish. (laughs) You already know this, because I already fancy. You just wanted me to say it on the podcast. Yeah. Because you were just like, look, here's a signature. I'm like, that's a fish. (laughs) That is a fish. Yeah. I got a hankler fish. But I also have Hank Penny's signature on my ticket from the butcher, which is in the book. So, five feet apart... Um, is great. Is great. I am shocked. Can I just say, five feet apart came out in 2019, the movie. Um, I am shocked that it was not, like, the movie of the pandemic. Because the whole thing is about social distancing and wearing gloves and yeah, masks. wearing masks, you know... And not being able to interact with other people because of the fact that you could kill each other. Yeah, and I want to just say here right now, because I was very frustrated that for three quarters of the movie, I was like, why is it called five feet apart when they keep being told they have to say six feet apart? Uh, It turns out that it's um, their act of rebellion is they steal one foot back. So they stay five feet apart for each other instead of six feet apart. Which is, I don't know, it's kind of cute, but also... Reckless, because she could die. She uses a pull cue. Yeah, a pull cue. For the distancing. Which the whole pull, pull cue sequence was weird. Mm. It was just, the whole, yeah, there was a, there's a lot of cringe teen behavior in both of these movies which mm-hmm. make them more realistic yeah. but oh my god watching it is just like oh, <laughs> oh no I think I like Stella as a character more than I like Hazel or at yeah. least at least in the movie version of the Fault in Our Stars yeah um she's a lot more realistic I think about yeah. like her illnesses yeah so she's got um, CS. CF. CF, sorry. Um, and she's waiting on a lung transplant. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is basically documenting her daily routine. Um, she has actual OCD and not people are like, oh, I have OCD. No, she has yeah. OCD. I, she must have... I was thinking about it. She must have some kind of trauma in her life. So, I mean, I, I guess being, you know, having... It's, it would be a control thing. thing. Yeah. It would be a control thing. Because um, she definitely has reactions sometimes that you're like, okay, there's, there's, there's something that has triggered the OCD to start. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's relatively normal. Yeah. So everything in her life is very well ordered. She contains lists. She contains lists. She contains multitudes. Um, she contains lists. Jesus. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Lisa? Help me out here. She writes lists? Her, part of her daily routine, she's got a bunch of lists. Yeah, she's um, got a master list, which is all the things, like, a t- she just does lots of to-do lists. Yeah. And she's got a master list, which is, like, all the things she wants to do in her life, generally speaking. And then she's got daily to-do lists. Yeah. And she has her own medicine cart in her room that she organizes herself. And part of her frustration with Will 
when she meets him is that he doesn't give a shit about his illness. He's not looking after himself. He's not taking his medicine. He's not, he doesn't know anything about his medicine. And she's like, well, if you were living with this, we're, you know, you know what you need to do because we're practically experts yeah. ourselves. So then she insists on him getting a medical cart and she, she organizes it for him yeah. and gets him on a routine. Yeah, it's, um, it was very interesting watching both of these movies in a row. Yeah. We had a little break between them, but, like, yeah, I think I was just exhausted by the end of the two movies. Because um, it just, it's so heavy. Mm. Except for Willem Dafoe. That whole sequence was Willem just, Dafoe was the best part of that movie. You reckon? He's so good. It was the whole tone. You were like before they got to that part. You you commented on like how unrealistic it was that he was like, you know, they'd written to him, written him an email, and he's like, oh, come visit, come, yeah, come to Amsterdam, come to Amsterdam, like, we'll, we'll uh, and then he buy buy some dinner and stuff, whatever, and then when they and then I was like, oh, just just wait a second, because when they show up at his house, he's horrible, and also he didn't know that they had 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 dinner on his dime because his <laughs> sisters had done it for him and he also doesn't ever answer emails or answer any fan letters and he's like, well, I regret answering this one. Um, yeah, his so house good. was a health and safety hazard for yeah. the amount of unread mail. Yeah. His house looked like my email inbox. Yes. His email inbox probably also looks like your email inbox. Yeah. So it's, um, he's, a, he's a writer of a book that... Hazel, it's Hazel's favorite book, and she rereads it over and over again. And it's about um, a teenager with cancer, and the book ends mid sentence because it's narrated by this. It's narrated by the main character, and it ends mid sentence because she just dies. Yeah. And and Hazel's obsessed with it because she she's like, well, it makes sense. We do just die in the middle of life, in the middle of a sentence, in the middle of whatever. You know, there's no, we don't get a nice conclusion. Yeah. Um, and then they end up using their wish from the Genies Foundation, which is clearly Make-A-Wish Foundation, but they probably couldn't <laughs> use the name. Yeah. Um, and they use that to go to Amsterdam to visit this author, who it turns out is a shithead. He's so good. Willem Dafoe is fantastic. You don't think Willem Dafoe does a good job? He does a fantastic job. Yeah. It's just, the whole sequence is just bananas. Yeah. And then after, after he basically not physically but like emotionally throws them out of the out of his house, his assistants like, "Hey, do you want to go to the Anne Frank house?" Yeah. And they're like, "Okay." And then they go to the Anne Frank house, and then like it's just all stairs, and and Hazel has to carry an oxygen tank and yeah. can't stand for long times or use stairs. Yeah, and then they get to the attic where Anne Frank was and her family was hiding, and they start making out, and the entire rest of the tour, like, look at them and start clapping, and you're like, what is happening? Yeah, it's handled much better in the book, <laughs> which is why the Anne Frank house were, like, fine with it. They didn't film in the actual Anne Frank house, they did, they created a, a set, um, because no one is allowed to film in the Anne Frank house. Um, but the Anne Frank has like were supportive of it because they'd read the book and it's treated really well in the book, and it's and the they do kiss the Anne Frank in the book, but it's this it's this moment where like 
because it's all through Hazel's inner monologue or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember it now, but she's like, basically is kind of overwhelmed by just, you know, the thought of like wanting to do positive things and have positive experience or whatever. And she'd like look at him and she's just like, I can't kiss him in the Anne Frank house. No one's allowed to kiss someone in the Anne Frank house. And then she goes, well, Anne Frank kissed someone in the Anne Frank house. <laughs> and, and then she's like, well, Anne Frank is all about, you know, seizing the moment and doing the, you know, positive things. So then she decides to just do it. In the book, does the in rest the of the tour point and clap at them? I don't remember that happening. It's possible that it did, but if it did, it would have been that there's more of a build-up that the, the other people there are, like, aware of the stuff. I think that's maybe what they were trying to do with her, like, carrying this stuff up the stairs and them all being like, oh, yeah, it's okay, we can wait. Yeah. Like, I think there was more awareness of how sick she was. Because in the movie, it's just weird. Yeah. It's a really awkward scene in the movie. Yeah. And then, um... And then they have sex. Yeah, and then they have sex. Which the, uh, the two in Five Feet Apart are not allowed to do. Yeah. They go ice skating instead on a frozen lake, which almost, like... Okay, I can understand, like, teen rebellion and, like, hanging out on the roof in the hospital in winter when you both have lung conditions. Um, but the cons... Like... I don't know if it was just me and I didn't grow up around, like, in an area where water, like, standing water froze during winter. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just, like, a la di tropical nick from Hawke's Bay. But, like, <laughs> that seems so, like, she's obsessed with her own, like, mortality. Yeah. And her responses to... Run around on a frozen river or a lake. No, it is a river because there's a bridge, bridge over it. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's it's an interesting sequence because um, it's like she's decided he's more important than her health. Um, because you get because that's the when they're out there because they've run away from the hospital to do this, and when they're out there, that's when they discover that's when she finds out that. There's someone coming in with lungs and she she's gotta get a transplant. Except she's not at the hospital when it happens. Yeah. Um, but they the nurses text her and she just ignores it. Mm. And then um you know, there's like they're trying to get a hold of her and they eventually get a hold of him because they realise he's with her and he he's like, We need to get you back and then there's a the whole thing where she falls through the ice and he has to give her mouth to mouth which I actually thought that sequence was really well done yeah because you have him like realising because the whole reason that they have to keep five feet apart is not that he also has cystic fibrosis it's because he has a bacteria um that will mean that she can't get a lung transplant if she contracts the bacteria yeah um and he's on a trial to try and rid the bacteria yeah because it um just eats antibiotics um and without the without the with with the bacterial infection that he's got he's not able to get a lung transfer yeah so he can't get a lung transplant and he's trying to transfer yeah whatever um (laughs) and he's trying to yeah he's on this drug trial to see if they can get rid of the bacteria because then he might be able to to live longer um 
where she's on the transplant list and it's obviously quite high on the transplant list because they've you know she's just about to get her lungs and in this moment um so when she essentially drowns he has this moment where he panics and he like calls for help but there's no one around and he sends a, I think a text to his mom to say where they are yeah um and then he has to give her mouth to mouth but he knows that his saliva carries this bacteria and he's potentially killing her by doing this yeah but it's from what I've learned in first aid and what I I mean what my instinct would be anyway is you number one priority is is save that person's life yeah it's uh, you know because if you break a rib break ribs doing CPR um you know that's better than leaving them to die yeah. Um. So he has to. There's. He doesn't have a choice, and he admits it immediately to the hospital staff when they get back to the hospital. He's like, "I gave her mouth to mouth. I didn't have another choice." And they're like, "You did the right thing. If she has the bacteria, we will deal with that." Yeah. Um. But where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So I think her whole thing, in that, whole sequence, is that she has decided that she, doesn't want to continue living without him. Yeah. Because she knows that his life is limited. Because he can't get a lung transplant. So she doesn't want to get a lung transplant. She's just she's just decided she'd rather not get the lung transplant so that she can spend her time with him. Because you get that then when they're side by side in the in the um emergency uh A and E or whatever. Yeah. And um she she's saying she doesn't want the transplant and then he's like, No, get the transplant for yeah. me. And then she finally agrees and they go and do it. But but she was saying like it's not worth it's not worth living without if I can't yeah. be around him. Um Yeah, so that's I think that's where her mind was when they went out. I think that was the decision she'd made in her own head. Is that she spent years and years focused solely on being sick and trying to tackle being sick and she just wanted to just not have to deal with it anymore, I think. Yeah, because teenagers are dumb. And yeah, dumb but also, decisions. you know, she has a lot of trauma. Her her sister died in a freak accident. Yeah, because her sister was like, "I'm gonna live extreme for the both of us." Yeah, um, and it's and it's sad because she's talking about um, you know, her their whole life. The family has been prepared to lose her and for her to die young. Yeah. But they were never prepared for the sister to die young. Yeah. Um, so it's heartbreaking that she lost her best friend, but also that, like, they knew they were going to lose their child and then they lo- they're going to lose both, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, and so she's, like, hyper aware of this and wants to look after her parents and wants to look after everyone else and whatever. And I think she just had, a, she just had, a, had enough. I think at that time, and she was like, "I I want to live," you know. Um, which I guess is fair enough. I mean, that kind of stuff's gonna happen. Yeah. You. Know? You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're getting a bit choked up there. No. <laughs> yes, you were. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to them. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't really have much more to say. These these movies are very much worth watching and I don't really want to well we've spoiled a lot of it yeah we've spoiled but, a lot of it um, it's the nuances um, cinematography's fine 
the supporting characters are well acted. Like, there's no terrible acting in it. Um, yeah, it's there's some choices that are made in certain sequences that I found a bit weird. Like what? Um, the the whole like explanation of um, the 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 group leaders um, like life in in Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, I think that was again for me. I think because um, I feel like in Five Feet Apart we're getting just like an we're just getting like an audience view of what's happening. Yeah. Whereas in the Fault in Our Stars we're getting an editorialized view from Hazel's point of view. Yeah. Um, and I think she very much doesn't feel like people understand her or understand what she's going through and that everyone is on tiptoes around her or whatever. And then this guy who's running the, the group is like talking to all these terminally ill children, essentially, like they're all teenagers. Yeah. Um, and he's talking to this group of terminally ill children. Teenagers, so they're all, or all or most of them are going to die. Yeah. And die young. And he's talking to them like he shares their experiences. And what she's saying is that he, as an adult, um, found out that he had testicular cancer. And then um, they had to remove one, one of his testicles, was that right? Yeah. And um, he, he went into remission or whatever. He never had cancer again. Yeah. And that's why he's dedicated himself doing this but he's like relating to these kids like oh I know what you're going through and sh- and from her point of view he doesn't yeah um she's like you it our situations are not comparable she's like I have thyroid cancer and at 13 my parents told me it was okay and I could go and I say goodbye to them yeah you know it's like a totally different situation um so I think that's why you get that, is that her, her being like, this guy thinks he understands us, but he knows nothing. Yeah. Um, and you get, like, her parents feel very one-dimensional for a while, and she's, like, going, like, oh, my parents' whole lives are just looking after me, and that's all they have going for them, and when I die, they're going to have nothing. And then, yeah. you, and then she finds out that her mom has been taking classes and has, like, a whole plan of her life after Hazel is dead, and she's just like, oh. Like, it hadn't occurred to her that her mom might be doing that. Yeah. Um, so I think we get a very... And I think that's part of how it was written as a book as well, is that we were getting one person's perspective. And it's a limited perspective, both because they don't know what everyone else is doing, but also because she is a young person who, you know, um, doesn't have necessarily as nuanced a view of the world. Sure. Um... So, yeah, so I think that's where that guy's weird backstory comes from. <laughs> is it's very much ha- Hazel being like, this guy is talking shit. You know. Sure. Do you want to move on to some some facts that we haven't already discussed? Yeah, we can do that if you want. Um, I didn't have very many taken down, I don't think. Um... The, the, I'll tell you about the end scene from the book version of Five Feet Apart. So I think it must have been in the screenplay originally when they cut it. Yeah. Because I think it's what the poster image is from. 
Yeah, because the poster is... Like, so the int- this is it's a very standard thing, and, like, with the way the modern editing works, and, like, people throw up trailers before the movie's even done. Yeah, and yeah, and there's, like, characters in it who never appear in the yeah. film and things. Um, yeah, so the Five Feet Apart, the movie, is almost entirely set in a hospital, except yeah. for that scene we described where, where they run away and ice skate and fall through the ice. Yeah. Um, whereas the poster image is them out on the street in totally different clothes so they're not wearing at any point in the film. Yeah. But in the film, it ends after she gets her lung transplant, and um, when when they left the hospital, they're going to see these lights that she can see from the hospital. They want to see them up close, and so he set up all these lights outside the window of where she was. Yeah. Um, and he basically said goodbye to her, and that you know, um, because he loved her, he had to let her go because he couldn't risk her life and her new lungs by being around her and possibly spreading this um bacteria to her. Um, so that's it, they they split because he doesn't want to harm her. And apparently in the book, um, they run into each other in the airport, apparently, months later, and Stella looks totally healthy because her new lungs have taken and she's, she's um, really improved, um, whereas he looks incredibly sick. He yeah. looks much more sick than before. Um, so it's... And the, I think the idea is that, you know, he is towards the end of his life. Whereas yeah. she has, because they've kept separate, she's been able to actually get healthier to some extent. I mean, she obviously has cystic fibrosis, but um, the, the new lungs have, have helped. Um, I don't know, I feel like most of the stuff I took down was about the um, the real people they were based on. Yeah. Um. But I already mentioned most of that. So yeah, so so Claire Wineland, who who um, Stella was based on, is she died in September twenty eighteen after a successful lung transplant. She had a stroke at the age of twenty one. Um, she was thirteen when she founded the Claire's Place Foundation. Um, the director of this, Justin Baldoni, had just previously, I think he signed on to this because the last thing he directed before this was a documentary TV show, which is called My Last Days, which is all interviews with um, people who are terminally ill. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what drew him to this project. And with the Fault in Our Stars, um, yeah, I mentioned that the Anne Frank House was a, was a replica that they used. Um, Shailene Woodley had, oh yeah, I was like, why did I take this then? So she had, uh, had waist long hair for the, for Insurgent, which was the movie she was in, I think just before this, so it's from the Divergent series. Yeah. Um, and she cut it to the haircut she has in Butler Stars, the kind of page boy haircut. Um, and she, when she did that, she donated the hair that she cut to a local children's hospital to make wigs for children with cancer. Oh, that's good. So it was, yeah, kind of sweet. Um, Esther Earle, who I mentioned, uh, was an inspiration for the character of Hazel. Um, her middle name is Grace as well, which is probably why she's Hazel Grace, because she's Esther Grace Earle. Yeah. Uh, she died at the age of 16 from thyroid cancer. And, um, she was quite a prolific story writer when she was alive, uh, so her parents, after she died, published uh, a book of her stories and also, um, a biography about her, because apparently her 
and her dad had made a deal that whichever of them died first, the other one would publish their biography. Makes sense. Um, which is kind of sweet. Um, and like I said, her parents founded this star will go out after her death. So, uh, Esther means star, which I guess is kind of an inspiration for the, the title of the Fault in Our Stars as well. Yeah. Um, though the title is uh, a variation of a quote from um, Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare, which is, the quote is, the fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. Accurate. Yeah. Uh, in terms of budget and box office, the budget for the Fault in Our Stars is $12 million, and it made $307 million at box office. It's pretty good. Uh, budget for Five Feet Apart was $7 million, and it made $92.5 million at box office. That's still not bad. That's, yeah, it's pretty darn good. But like I said, I'm shocked that it wasn't, like, the movie of the pandemic. Yeah. Considering how much, like, the whole movie is about social distancing. Yeah. Um, my, well, I, I actually, the first lockdown we had, yeah. people weren't wearing masks. It was when we went to level three. That was here. In other countries, people weren't wearing masks. Oh, okay. Pretty early on. Because my parents were amazed that we weren't wearing masks all the time here. Yeah. Because they were in Ireland at the time. Um, yeah, masks weren't a big thing for the first big lockdown in New Zealand. But also, we were not allowed to leave our homes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, me and you were allowed to leave our homes because we were considered essential workers. Yay! Um, not that it helped when it came the... to pay review time. Yeah, yeah. But the vast majority of New Zealand were not uh, permitted to leave their homes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, except to go to grocery shopping or do light exercise within your suburb or whatever it was. Yeah, that shit pissed me off. Um, yeah, so, so mask wearing wasn't a big thing here, but it was elsewhere. But, like, even still, like, social distancing was oh, yeah, so like... big everywhere that, like, a movie called Five Feet Apart... You know, where they're, you know, in promotional images, they're, like, holding a pool cue between themselves so they, instead of holding hands and stuff like that. It's, you know, I would have thought it would have been way more popular than it was. Yeah, true. <laughs> maybe it was and I just didn't hear about it. Or maybe everybody just streamed it and that's why it didn't get any money. Yeah. I do remember seeing trailers for it. Um, because it came, so it came out in 2019 and in 2018 I was living in... Brisbane, uh, yeah, twenty eighteen into twenty nineteen actually, if that makes sense. Um, I went to cinema quite quite frequently to as a treat to myself. So I saw a lot of films that came out like late twenty eighteen, early twenty nineteen. Um, well, I didn't catch this one, but I had seen trailers for it for other things. I know what we've forgotten. What? Oh, I know yeah. what we've forgotten. Oh no, we're forty six minutes in, and we forgot that this is a sponsored episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a special Valentine's episode. But yes, we are, we are, this episode is sponsored by uh, Photo Restore NZ, no, what have I said? What yeah, no, I... that's right, isn't it? Is it? I'm <laughs> doubting myself now. Uh, photo with an F. Um, yeah, PhotoRestoreNZ.com. Yeah, which is, the website. is a, if you've been through and had a look through over Christmas break or uh, any time, you've got, you know, parents anniversary, grandparents anniversary coming up. It's Valentine's Day today. Yeah, it is Valentine's... Well, it's a bit late. It is Valentine's Day. Well, in... Depending what time zone you're in, if you're listening to this right now, it could still be the 13th of February. If you're in... Um, if you're a member of my family, if you're one of my siblings, it is your mother's birthday tomorrow, the 15th. <laughs> um, so you could get a, a photo restored for her. 
She will have listened to this before you, though, so yeah, she'll know it's, she'll know it's coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she yeah. knows what the president is before you even knew. <laughs> like predestination, but of presence. This minority report. Um, so the website is able to take photos and restore them um, mm-hmm. to a pretty... You got some really decent... Yeah, okay, can I talk? Because we I mentioned in the, our previous episode that I had sent them a photo that was like horrifically damaged, ridiculously damaged. Um, and I will have, when this releases, I will have already shared um, that in our Discord server. So check out our Discord server if you're not already in there. Um, but I was talking to one of the uh, co-founders of the company and he told me, this is amazing. It's just the, the level of dedication to this stuff. Um, so the photo was taken at a like a wildlife sanctuary in Miami, I think, or Florida Keys. I don't remember. Some somewhere south of Florida, in southern Florida. The south of Florida. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in southern Florida. Um, and it was a photo of me and my younger brother, with a chimpanzee and a Bengal tiger cub. <laughs> Yeah, as you do in Florida. <laughs> yeah, in Florida, you know the place where those where those where animals native. are native. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they to try and repair or train because it's an AI that they've trained to do this, do these photo restorations and colorizations. Which is funny because at the moment, like AI is getting absolute shit because there are a lot of people using AI artists to claim yeah so there's that problem is with like AI artists who are like using training on people's art yeah and then committing copyright fraud basically so this 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 is is not bad this is the good AI (laughs) this is designed by the by the the founders of this company and um what they did to make sure that the photo was intact because like part of my face is missing from it. Part of the chimp's face is missing from it. Like there's like huge chunks missing from this photo. And what they've done with it is amazing. But apparently they sourced the place that the photo was taken and they trained their AI with the chimp that was in that photo from other photos taken at the same place so the the ai restored the chimp's face in the photo using other photos of that chimp because it can recognize that chimpanzee that's bananas. <laughs> i think that's amazing it's so good because I, I was like i yeah i really just gave them a shitty photo i was like let's see what happens <laughs> um deal with this and they did uh it was yeah absolutely amazing but it was really fun to learn like how how they got the AI to figure out what to do. So, as a It Takes Two listener, you get a very special discount yeah. on this Valentine's Day. <laughs> 25% off um, your purchase if you use the promo code It Takes Two, all one word. Yep. On their website, which is photorestorenz.com, and that's F O T O R E S T O R E N Z.com. Don't make me really pronounce my oars because I can see you looking at me. I, it, you are a delight to me every day. <laughs> um, right, is there anything else you want to say about the movies? I feel like, because we normally do the ad slot in the middle, so now I yeah, feel we, weird about it. Well, we did have technical issues, um, and it is very warm, and mm. we're both very... It's been a long day for both of us. True, um, true, true. So, yeah, we, 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 we're... We're at the end. Okay. I'm done.
you done? We're done. Strider, you done? Um, <laughs> did, I feel I'm worried that we didn't compare the movies enough, but maybe we did. Yeah. Well, I think the reality is is the comparison. Yeah, these are the same same idea, plot or premise, mm-hmm. and you know. Despite my joke about my 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 joke about you know everyone loves a tragic love story like it is a snapshot of a life that thankfully most people don't have to live. Yeah, true. And it must be other than the weird cringy behavior. It must be unbelievably tragic to either experience this as a parent or a sibling or a, even a you know sister brother uncle nurse uncle nurse, uncle auntie <laughs> jesus niece well, nephew in, in you know in fairness the nurses in five peter yeah, Park do care a lot about them um we do see a child die in five peter Park. yeah um it's neither of our protagonists it's their their friend but the nurses are really upset about it as well yeah and it makes sense because these kids Basically live in the hospital. Yeah, they basically live in the hospital. They're very well known to the nurses, and you know, and it must be hard, as a healthcare professional, to be, working with children that you know aren't going to survive. Yeah, so um, I think that's why they do get a bit of least, um, leniency, breaking the bending the rules now and again. Mm, yeah, and there is there's a whole sequence where the 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 head nurse or whatever is talking to Will and saying. You know, I let another couple bend the rules, and he's like, "Oh, let me guess, they both died." And she's like, "Yes, they did on my watch." Yeah. And he realizes he sees things from her point of view. Then he's like, "I'm putting this woman through hell by, by being doing a, this." Being a shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because he's definitely a shithead as well. I feel like he redeems himself more than <laughs> than Gus does in the Faulkner stars. But the but in fairness, Gus in the Faulkner stars is just kind of a pretentious idiot. Yeah. Um, whereas Will in, um, Five Feet Apart is, like, intentionally... Self-destructive. Self-destructive. But it's because he knows he's going to die. Yeah. Um, you know, he's kind of gone with the, what's, what's the point? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, Hazel says that in The Fault in Our Stars, which is her parents think she has depression, and they say that depression is a side effect of cancer, and she says it's not, it's a side effect of dying. Yeah. Which is what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's what Will is experiencing in Five Feet Apart, is he knows that he has a shelf life, and he knows that um, his only hope of extending his life by even five years is a lung transplant, and he knows that he can't get on the transplant list because he's got this bacteria. Yeah. Um, so he's intentionally reckless and self-destructive, and then he kind of spreads that to her, and then he suddenly realises she could have a life. Yeah. Um. And I don't want to restrict that. Because he genuinely does care about her. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day indeed. (laughs) Um, If you want to find us on social media, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ittakes2 underscore pod or on Facebook at ittakes2pod. Uh, or on Letterboxd at It Takes Two Underscore Pod if you're a Letterboxd person. We don't use it very often, but we do have a list of all the movies we've featured on our podcast there. And of all the movies we watch together. Yes, all the movies we watch together are on there. Um, our website is it takes 2.co.nz. 
and we have a discord server there'll be a link in uh, the show notes also on our twitter bio and on our website so if you want to join the uh, discord and tell us where you're listening from we'd really appreciate that we want to know where our listeners are yep. from and we've got photos on there uh for the promo for, for a, yeah for yeah our sponsorship sponsor. yeah you just thumbs up. I just thumbs it up. That's not the first time I've done that recording. No. I don't know why. It's just like, yeah, we're, we're done. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. Goodbye. Goodbye.